Dave, when I look at your face, the following emojis come to mind. Trash bin, poop, eye roll. Pack your steamer trunks. We'll have them shipped. I find social media to be a soul-sucking void of meaningless affirmation. It takes a special kind of stupid to devote an entire theme park to zealots responsible for mass genocide. It's Wednesday. They're spooky and they're scary, sometimes politically hairy. Are they horny? Yes, very. The center cut is here. My name is Dave. My name is Michael. Yours didn't rhyme. You did a bad job. <laughs> I know. I'm, oh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to this spooky, scary episode because Halloween just won't fucking end. I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves. We're talking hump day, baby. What are we doing? We watched only the first episode and the last episode of Wednesday on Netflix, the international phenomenon. Phenomenal. And we're going to recap those episodes, and then we have some questions to help us guess about the middle that we didn't see. <laughs> That's what we're doing, and I'm excited. Wednesday is a new Netflix show that is defined on Wikipedia as a coming-of-age supernatural comedy horror series, which is just a wild set of words. But the show revolves around Wednesday Adams, the well-known daughter of the Adams family. The original Adams family was created by Charles Adams and is what this show is kind of loosely based off of. But they've kind of tried to recreate the characters and uh, has been created by Alfred Goh and Miles Millar. Miller? I don't know. Who knows? Did I look it up? Nope. But it does star Jenna Ortega as Wednesday with supporting roles by... Quite a few pretty pretty big players. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Luis Guzman, Gwendolyn Christie, Christina Ricci, one of the original Wednesdays. So it's got a, a lot of people in it. Uh, Fred Armisen's in there. We didn't see him at all, though, so that sucks. Yep. Tim Burton is an executive producer on this show because we can't escape him. He is our lives now. <laughs> he also directed half of this uh, the episodes in this season here, and this show got a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I find hmm. rather surprising because it's kind of become an instant hit, was huge on Netflix, and a lot of people are talking about it. Is the audience score higher than the critic score? I'm willing it to is. So this. the yeah. audience score actually came through at an 86. So yeah, okay. that makes sense. It's definitely considerably. I think that might be kind of the biggest gap that we've seen between the two and further proving that critics are just absolutely useless. Why do those exist? Well, well yeah, maybe, maybe. They're useless. You want to head up them spooky, spooky recaps? I'm ready for a spooky recap. Let's do it. The first episode, titled Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe. We open to a never-blinking Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams walking through your typical high school narrating. She mentions underfunded, but we'll soon find out underfunded my ass. This place has a working pool. You can't be an un underfunded high school and have a pool that works. Correct. Doesn't, doesn't equate. She finds her bro Pugsley stuffed in a locker and does this like channel the BJ gods while also breaking her neck thing, which allows her to visualize what led to Pugsley's locker peekaboo trick. Channeling the BJ gods. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of note, we learn eventually that her visions are bisexual. They go both ways, forward and back in time. <laughs> what a terrible joke. <laughs> 
To get back at the bullies who lockered Pugsley, she finds them in the pool and drops in a bag of piranhas, smirking as one presumably eats a jock's, well, jock. Ouch. And that's why schools don't have pools. <laughs> that's exactly why schools don't have pools. I remember in my high school, there was this spooky rumor. It's not spooky at all. Gossipy rumor that on the second floor, like above the gym, which was not there. There didn't exist any space up there, but they could like people were like, oh, above the gym, there's there's a secret pool and a bowling alley. No, that's obviously incorrect. You know, literally know impossible architecture, you stupid idiots. Like it is a thing that exists. But not in a school. Pretty much primarily in Dubai. <laughs> we get our intro music slash title card. And then one of my favorite shots of the entire show, the Adams Mobile from above driving on a beautiful fall day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice colorful reprieve from all the grays and blacks we're about to dive into the rest of the way. Wednesday's parents, Morticia and Gomez, are PDAing. And Wednesday tries to interrupt by making a bunch of crows crash into the car. Now, I watch... All of my shows with captions, especially when I'm doing podcasting, so I can make sure I'm hearing or seeing all the right words. As do I. And at this part, it's when the crows hit the car, it said terrible tweeting, which is, I think, also what Elon Musk does. Am I right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got my fill of terrible tweeting for the entire Trump presidency. <laughs> we learned that W, and I'm going to call her W sometimes because I don't want to say the word Wednesday a thousand times. It's hard for me to say it without saying Wednesday because that's the way I need to say it in my head to remember how to spell it. So hard. Mm-hmm. We learned that she was expelled for her dick biting gambit and is headed to Nevermore Academy, a boarding school where her parents went filled with monsters and creeps like herself. If she just used her gift from the blowjob gods for good, none of this would have happened. She'd be the talk of the town, but for a better, more exciting reason. It, it kind of begs the question, though, like, why the hell wasn't she just going to Nevermore to begin with? Like, this was yeah. their ninth choice. And, like, her parents are super excited about it. Like, they're right. both like, we went here. This is great. This is exactly where you're going to be perfect. It, this is going to be perfect. It's like if you took a child that could only speak French from France and just put them in American public schools nine times before you're like, hey, maybe we should put them in a school where they speak French. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you would do that. It, it's Like I said, especially being their ninth choice like you said they said it's perfect for her yet they went to had her at eight different schools beforehand yep dumb we pull away from the adams to see a hitchhiker question mark or some sort of weird man uh, he gets dropped into the woods and the lady dropping him off has a stupid 1920s mobster accent for no apparent reason <laughs> she has those eyes that can pop out of her head I hated every second of that scene. Yeah, it like the the amount of time that they spent on that lady makes me feel like she was more of a plot piece in the middle that we didn't see, but like of what we saw of her, they just did whatever they could do to make this lady as weird as humanly possible. Yep. <laughs> and it was like only for a fucking throwaway scene of this kid getting out of it and like of hitchhiking into the woods. It's very weird. strange. Very very strange. And then the hitchhiker dude is attacked while he's chilling on a log. Obviously, I don't I don't even understand why you needed any of that. This kid dies five minutes. late. You literally could have just showed a kid with a backpack walking into the woods. And then later at the police station, it's like a hitch. Another another hiker died to the, the bear or whatever. The only thing I can think of is that it sets it up that we're supposed to understand that, like the neighbors understand that there are weird creeps and nevermore and to be to be weary of it. That's like the only thing that I think we got that we wouldn't have if we just saw him. Hiking. Yeah, this is kind of an int- it 
it did beg the question of like it's an interesting world in which like I think people know that like magic y things exist. Yeah, I think so. Which is kind of odd because it it does also it like makes you think that like the town it, you have to be like on your best behavior the town because don't blow up our spot. They always accentuate that in the movies, but like that's exactly how real life would be. Like everyone would be afraid of it and then a bunch of politicians who don't know anything about it would make laws about it that they have to like stay within specific like communes. Yeah, and then there would be hashtag monster monsters lives matters and yep. people would be changing their profile pics to have their face be furry. It'd be a whole thing. Yeah. Hashtag free thing. free the wolves. Anyway, we digress. At Nevermore, W and Fam meet with Principal Weems, who is played by Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones, except she looks way, way different. I like uh, I like her character a lot. I do I do like her. She's enormous. Which is cool. But she's, yeah, a very big woman. <laughs> we get a reference to the title of the episode, which is a line of a poem that W got her name from. And I looked into it, and it's actually where the original cartoonist, Charles Adams, got the name of her character from. He literally oh, got not... her from this. So it's kind of a cool meta reference. We learn that W will be in her mother's old dorm, and then off we go to meet the colorful Enid Sinclair. She's bright, poppy, and smiley. Everything that Wednesday is not. I also like Enid. She takes W on a tour of the Academy. We learn that the four main cliques are the Fangs, a.k.a. Vampires, Furs, a.k.a. Werewolves, Stoners, a.k.a. Gorgons, so basically like Medusa, and Scales, a.k.a. Evil Mermaids, featuring Queen Bitch Bianca Barclay. It's interesting because it makes it feel like these are the most popular types of magic users, so like these are the main clicks at the school because they kind of tend to stick together, but there are also other funky types of magic. Right, but just they're not as prevalent as those four. Yeah. And there may or may not be a Patreon-only center chat based around those clicks. We'll get there. Ooh, I love it when you tease. W says her goodbye to the fam, featuring a special moment with her mom who gives her a W necklace made of obsidian that is supposed to help her conjure visions. Why is she so mad at her parents for having to go to school? She's just mad at everything. She's just, I mean, I understand that she's just mad at, like, at the world. Like, yes. Agreed. She's a teenage she, girl, David. Well, I know, but, like, I just don't get the idea of her being frustrating at them, and then she's just going to try and escape this place like she has every other school. It's like, what? what is the, even the point of that? I don't understand. She's like a dark, gothic butterfly. You can't pin her down. Oh, she's like Baby from Dancing Movie we did. Nobody puts... Wednesday. No, put, nobody puts Wednesday in a calendar. Got it. Wow. So moving on. On the way out, <laughs> Gomez flips a switch in the hearse, which drops Thing out the bottom to go spy on Wednesday. And Thing, if you're uninitiated, is a fully functioning severed hand. Mm -hmm. I bet you he's real good at diddling. In the woods behind Nevermore, we see that the dorky hitchhiker guy, he was tore up from the floor up. A 14-year-old girl from Ohio once told me that that was slang for being drunk. Tore up from the floor up. No. Why a 14-year-old girl from Ohio is telling me about being drunk? Story for another time. That kind of begs the question of, like, people trying to be ghetto that live in Ohio. <laughs> Which is just, like, just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, girl. The local sheriff is checking out this 
Massacre, and I low-key love this actor, Jamie McShane. He's in everything, but I thought he was especially great as Eric O'Bannon in Bloodline a few years back. Underrated show. So I like this dude. I don't know if I'm supposed to like him. Like, I can't tell if we're supposed to hate or like the sheriff. Back in the dorm, W has divided the room by peeling half of the colorful window clings off of the giant bay window. It's pretty cool looking. And then she argues with Enid with her special blend of grim vim. She also says, by the way, there are two D's in Adams, which is true of the spelling and because she probably gets tag teamed by Xavier and Tyler. Two D's is right. I'd argue that there's at least three D's if you consider Fester, Gomez, and Lurch. I'm talking about penises inside of Wednesday, so oh, I I'm disagree with about you. penises in the Adams family. Nope. Da, 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 da. Anyway, as the girls continue to share barbs, the OG Wednesday, Christina Ricci herself, buzz, 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 shows up. She says that she's the dorm mom, a.k.a. Mrs. Thornhill, and of note, her boots are covered in mud. Should have known right away. I, I, I should have known because people who wear boots for function and not fashion are either criminals or nerds. Straight facts, homie. The next day, even though she told her mom she had no interest, W showed up to the fencing club. She challenges Queen B Bianca to a duel or whatever, and after they tie, they agree to a bout with no masks or safety tips, and Bianca gets a good slice in on W's face to seal the victory. I love sword fighting with no safety tips. I also like Bianca's post-slice remark about her face finally getting a splash of color. Hashtag owned Wednesday. <laughs> Got her. But after leaving the infirmary, Xavier Thorpe saves her from a falling stone gargoyle. Somebody's fitting to hurt our girl. <laughs> Not on Xavier's watch, because X gonna give it to her. <laughs> Stupid. Turns out her and Xavier had a run-in at a family funeral when they were kids. Perfect recipe for future sex. I wonder if Xavier pimped her ride. <laughs> he does. He's into painting murals, so. Yeah, maybe, maybe he pimped that ride, you know? Back in her room, W finds Thing doing hand stuff under her blanket awkward yeah yeah hand stuff <laughs> for sure how do you think thing gets it off i don't know no clue and she gets thing to bend the knee and help her instead of spying on her he breaks like pretty easy i mean he's a hand that's true i mean yeah that's a good question like how much how much intelligence does this hand have i don't think he has a whole lot of autonomy yeah that's true i also i i do like thing quite a bit just like the the scenes with him are pretty amusing presumably the next day or, or later that day or something they head to the neighboring town jericho with principal weems so that w can attend her court ordered therapy sesh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she meets with dr kinbot but before digging into some mommy problems w asks to use the powder room her escape plan is in effect she exits out the second story window after shimmying down a gutter she bumps into a farmer dude carrying some apples and she does that orgasm body rock thing and envisions his future death in a truck crash poor poor apple man aka steve jobs w makes her way to the weather vane the local coffee shop where she meets the barista tyler he refers to the espresso machine as a temperamental beast with a mind of its own spoiler alert he's describing himself <laughs> and the genitals of most men w fixes the espresso machine and he agrees to drive her to the nearest train station when his shift ends in an hour she waits in plain sight by a large window. I thought she was smart. Stupid. Uh, yeah, there are some instances. I, I think I think they're trying to get across that, like, as smart as Wednesday is, she's still a, a teenager. Kid. Yeah. She thinks she's smart, and she is, she is smart, but 
sometimes when it comes to like common sense stuff, she's just completely oblivious. Yeah, she still she makes some mistakes. I've definitely escaped. I could like I'm good. <laughs> I could just chill yeah. here. Dumb. Yeah. But a bunch of douchey kids dressed in stereotypical pilgrim garb showed up. Turns out this Podunk, Vermont town is home to a park called Pilgrim World. <laughs> Which um assign me up. <laughs> I bet it was even built on a Native American burial ground, too. Silly whites. 100%. And then, like, there's a special spot where you can just pee right in it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, all the urinals are actually shaped like Native American heads. Yeah, there's a there's like a fence around like 20 urinals. And it's it's like there's a sign that says ancient Indian burial ground. (laughs) It's just like it's just the urinals. Yep. (laughs) That's the only area that's the ancient Indian burial ground. (laughs) These lame pilgrims want to fist fight a girl. But she easily dispatches them. <laughs> are there are there still seriously turd boys out there like this? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to me <laughs> how quickly these boys are like, yeah, I'm about to punch this little bitch. <laughs> it would take so much more for me to ever come to the conclusion of I need to beat up this woman or I need to attempt to beat up this woman because they definitely don't succeed. But they so quickly jump to like, I'm going to punch this girl right in the face. And it's like, <laughs> hold on, guys. Like, maybe your pilgrim dads didn't raise you right because you don't hit yep. girls. Unless they're Indians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, although I guess everyone's equal nowadays, so maybe maybe it's okay. To oh, that's a quality. Yeah. yeah. That, I quality. mean, yeah, I guess. Anyhow. You asked for it. We we. I just want to be clear. We don't condone hitting women. No, we, cut, we so, do not. Yeah. We do, I don't condone hitting at all because there's like a 99% True. chance that I would have also gotten beat up by this small <laughs> teenage girl. Yes. I'd be more likely to hurt my hand punching someone than actually hurt the person. So. I would definitely be that person that, like, in the movies, missed a punch and just punched a wall and, like, broke my f- broke all my fingers. That's why we're podcasters. Yep. Anyhow, turns out the sheriff is Tyler's dad. He thinks Wednesday's dad is a murderer, and the principal shows up and snags W. Gomez is a murderer based on his game. Bro's a little, like, short, chubby dude. Got Catherine Zeta-Jones. Not fucking around. Yeah, only thing he murdered was Catherine Zeta-Jones. Pussy! <laughs> God <laughs> So Principal and W drive past poor Steve Jobs, and his neck done looking like it's the letter L. He dead. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got cool. for that scene. Back at Nevermore, Wednesday plays Paint It Black on the cello, and some dorky kid, Rowan, does some like Harry Potter magic shit in rips a page out of a levitating book. Don't know what that means yet. I think we kind of find out later. Tyler peruses Gomez Adams' old police files that his dad has at his house, I think. And his dad drinks some beer at the office and looks at his yarn board. This hitchhiker nerd is now the third victim. Something nefarious is afoot. What kind of breach of confidentiality shit is this police officer just have a file cabinet of old files at his house? Like what? Probably past the statute of limitation. He could just, I uh, could take. Do you home. think? <laughs> do you think his house is just the police station? It's everyone's working remote now. He works from home. Yeah, he just works from home. He's got all his files at home. Yeah, I this mean, is, that, I that think works. this is post COVID. So at the dorm, Enid cries because she can't wolf out yet, which I I think we're supposed to assume is like it's like canine puberty kind of. She is supposed to be a werewolf, but she's gotten very limited uh, limited power so far. She could basically make her fingernails look long like the girls in that show. Claws? Ah. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? No idea. I don't know. It's got that lady that was in the, the other thing. Good. Good description. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To cheer her up, W <laughs> shares the one time that she cried when she was six because some bullies ran over her pet scorpion. 
Ah, they're bonding. Oh, bondage. <laughs> Did you say bondage? Is that not the same thing? <laughs> I bet you Wednesday would be into bondage when she's an adult. She's a goth. W has Thing go to Tyler's house. Somehow she knows where he lives and yep. sets up a video call. They set a date for the impending Harvest Festival so he can help her escape. Fast forward to that night. It's basically a carnival. And W distracts the principal who's been keeping an eye on her and gives Tyler direction to meet her in the parking lot during the fireworks. Cue the fireworks. Tyler gives her her dad's police file. And as they're about to leave, those pilgrim dinks are back. This time they want to beat a teenage girl with baseball bats. Chivalry. This time they came with weapons. Yes. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> as her and Tyler run off, she bumps into Harry Twatter, a.k.a. Rowan. And she does her broke neck vision thing. We see a book, a bird, some fire in the quad, and Rowan appearing to die. Oh, no. Uh-oh. She starts to warn him, but he runs off into the woods, so she gives chase. Conspicuously, Tyler does not follow. She catches up to Rowan. She tells him he's in danger, but he Wingardium Leviosas her up a tree and mm-hmm. admits mm-hmm. that he's the one who tried to squash her with the gargoyle. And then he shows her that ripped page from the book, which is supposed to implicate her in the destruction of the school that his mother prophesized. That's a lot of words. Everyone's talking to this shitty picture and saying like, that's you. No, it could be anyone. <laughs> literally <laughs> anyone. Figure. It's just a black figure. It's just a black shadowy figure. It could be literally anyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as Rowan's about to bust a nut while mind nailing her to the tree. He was enjoying it. <laughs> this big sure. old stupid beast thing with a face like Beetlejuice comes and decimates him. Just decimates him i really hate this thing's big eyes i hate this thing david thank you so much for it's so cartoony and it just took me right out nope 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 if they did a live action the nightmare before christmas i think this is what they would like try and make jack skellington look like yeah just a tall lanky fucking big-eyed fucking weird thing i thought so much of the effects in the show we're so good. And then and then this thing is just horrible. I, I literally yeah. hate it. We didn't need to see it. No. You no. know, like, I don't think we ever really needed to see it at all. Like, they could have done this whole show without us actually seeing what it truly looked like with just, like, shadows and shots from behind and stuff. It would have had the same effect of being scary and everything without the like you said like a cartoony kind of like oh man this like totally took me out of the whole thing not a fan but this whole rowan beast destruction is enough to derail her escape plan because later that night she's just back in her dorm facetiming with her parents via crystal ball she lists off all the bad shit she's endured so far smiles and says i think i'm gonna love it here and then it cuts to a this season on wednesday thing but we skipped that because that would defeat the point of this whole thing that we're doing here. So that is it we're for episode good one. Podcast boys. Yep. We didn't want to spoil ourselves. No. Episode eight, titled A Murder of Woes. We opened a Tyler walking through some very supernatural comedy horror woods. He's arrived at some kind of mausoleum or some shit, and out walks Wednesday from the shadows, of course. It sounds like they had some kind of falling out. She says that she thinks he's the Hyde, which we find out later is that weird monster that we saw just now. Mm-hmm. So she, along with a crew of other students, including Bianca and a few other a few other folks, d- abduct Tyler for questioning. That's normal teenage stuff. Yeah, and Bianca does that whole like Allison from Umbrella Academy thing where she just like says something and 
And yeah, she can just rumor it. anyone to do anything. Yep. Which is cool. Without having to say, I heard a rumor, which is even yep. cooler. Yep. So they have him tied up in some kind of serial killer's art studio, <laughs> and he continues to deny everything. He's just like totally like deny, deny, deny. Definitely paid attention to the Trump presidency. <laughs> and Wednesday decides she's going to use some unorthodox interrogation tactics. And her little crew of folks that were with her dip because they are not down for torture. They didn't sign up for breaking kneecaps. But what? What do they th- like? What do they think that they? Did like you went, th- you went this far. What are you going to now just question him? And when he doesn't give you the tr- the answer, just be like, oh, all right. All right. Good talk. Right. Like, obviously, there was going to be some light torture, like a nipple clip or two at, at the very least. I mean, yeah, nipple clip may be a loss of a fingernail. Like, you just got to kind of be ready for that. Yeah. The crew, we do see a, a short clip of the crew reporting this whole situation that Wednesday is doing to Weems. So not only did they decide to uh, dip from supporting her, but they decided to just totally turn on her completely and turn her in. She's Works. getting ready to crack Tyler's kneecaps with a ball peen hammer <laughs> when the cops show up. I kind of, she's in this torture zone where she's like just totally zoned into torturing Tyler. And we, as the viewer, can obviously see and hear the sirens of the police. Mm -hmm. And she's just like continuing on like nothing is going on around. Like, yeah. And that's another one of those instances where it's like giving us a good example of her still kind of being a teenager, just assuming like, yeah, this this is fine. (laughs) Like, I could just continue with what I'm doing. Like, whatever. Yeah. And then immediately they they come in and they're like, nope. And then she's arrested. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Back at the police station, though, she does get released for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because Tyler's dad knows that he's the bad boy or. I think that's secretly part of it. Yeah. As she's walking out, Tyler stops her and admits to all of the things that she was claiming of him very loudly standing in the middle of a hallway in the police station. And miraculously, no one fucking hears it except Wednesday. There's like three people in earshot. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? It's absolutely insane. Like, I don't like he's just like, OK, I need to go talk to her. And then just fully admits to everything standing in the middle of a police station. And it's not even like he's trying to be quiet about. No, it. there's a cop typing on the computer, literally like three what? feet behind him. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> understand. You can see her over his shoulder while he's talking to her. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> But Weems does end up expelling Wednesday was part of the the agreement to her getting released. So she's she's done so at Nevermore. Nine strikes. Yeah. And Weems still doesn't believe her that Tyler's the hide. She tries to explain it in that same vein. She goes to see Xavier in prison who is chained to the floor in a holding cell. She admits that Tyler used her and convinced her that Xavier was the hide. So she ended up getting him locked up when it wasn't him. But he's obviously pretty salty about it, rightfully so. He is kind of a dick. Well, he's mad about it, and I get like I get that. Like you were wrongfully accused and she wouldn't listen to you and she was too blinded by by Tyler and his dick, I guess. He was really mean. Yeah. And, and hear me out. Like I I do. I get what he's saying. But do you want to get out of jail or like she's offering to try to help get you out of jail. Yeah, like she's she's the one who put you in there so she could obviously like help get you out if you weren't a giant dick. But also there's this part of me that is like Wednesday is like this because of some inability to recognize feelings and she doesn't understand social interaction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I also feel like part of 
him like yelling at her and getting mad at her is kind of a little like, come on, dude, like she doesn't understand what the social norms should be or what like the correct way to approach people. So it kind of almost made me feel bad in in that sense. It, it It's like someone getting mad at someone who's who's mentally handicapped for not being smart enough to what they think they should be. And it, it's kind of like a little bit obnoxious. So I'm not a huge Xavier fan, I don't think. I bet you she'd be better at social cues if she lasted out of school longer than one semester. You mean if her parents put her in the correct school when she should have been in the correct school all along? Also that. Yeah, learn how to parent, <laughs> idiots. So she's back at the school. She's packing up her stuff and has a, a tearful goodbye with Enid, which the, most of the tears are on Enid's side, <laughs> obviously. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that she is emotional about they, it they've bonded she has grown a little bit from the beginning of just being completely shut off to the world and in this interaction ina tells her that eugene is awake don't know who that is mm -hmm. until a minute from now then we still don't know who it is because eugene is just some kid who really likes bees he's in the hospital bed and wednesday kind of blames herself because he was kind of helping her and he got in trouble shit like exploded near him and it was bad and she put him in a situation that he shouldn't have been in and she feels bad about it and she calls him a hummer and she calls him a hummer which is a weird choice <laughs> because like for me from the perspective of someone writing this show if you're going to name a, a group of people who can control animals specifically from what we see, ones that can fly, so a lot of them are making humming or buzzing noises. I feel like buzzer would have not been a, a word for a blowjob, and it would have been a lot better. Yep. Uh-huh. Agreed. But to go with Hummer is <laughs> a bold a bold move. Bold choice. But with some, some deets from Eugene, Wednesday is able to finally put together that the big bad isn't Dr. Kinbot like she thought, but is it in fact Marilyn Thornhill? Oh, boy. A.K.A. we find out soon Laurel Gates. Yep. What's going on? Wednesday confronts her and Tyler is with her to confront her. And Laurel's kind of surprised by that, but also thinks like, oh, yeah, I, I got full control of this young boy. <laughs> So, good luck. Uh, and then, fucking turns out, Tyler was weems the whole time. You got shape-shifted, motherfucker. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, fine. Got her. Yeah. Fucking got her. <laughs> yeah. And then she just kills weems just immediately. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why would you show up to the shindig unarmed? Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why would you fucking just stand there and take that shot to the neck? Yeah. This is something in fucking movies that drives me nuts. I don't pretend to be the fastest, best reflexed person, but if someone were to start taking a swing at me, I would at least try and subvert it in some way. But Weems just fucking stands there, and then Laurel just starts to swing her hand way out to stab her in her neck that's eight feet off the ground. <laughs> and so she fucking high. has to, like, stand on her tippy toes and jump all the way up there to get her. It's like a slam dunk. She's going to do a slam dunk <laughs> yeah, to get the thing fucking, there. On the way, she fucking throws a basketball behind her back and just, like, jams it. And then, and then she fucking stabs Weems in the neck with a needle. Weems didn't move all the time. Just took it like a champ. Like a big oak tree that she is. Yeah, I don't yep. know. You wouldn't have at least flinched. She didn't even flinch. She didn't even like, <laughs> I'm going to try and move my face out of the way of this needle. It's going at, my, at me. 
I've Nothing. lived a long life. Time to die now. Yeah, I, it's time to go. I can't possibly be resurrected in season two if I don't die in season one. Uh, yeah, so Weems is dead. Not cool. Then Wednesday, being the dumb idiot that she is, <laughs> is just like so concerned with Weems that she just lets this fucking psychopath just wander around behind her. And like as she realizes Weems is dead, she just gets cracked over the head with a shovel. Maybe keep tabs on the person that you came here to accuse of murder. But whatevs. And also, Jenna Ortega is like 70 pounds, so this shovel definitely would have also killed her. It would have knocked her head clean off. Yeah. Eugene gets up from his hospital bed. He's got to help. His mom tries to stop him for like literally two seconds. And he's like, no, I have to help my friend. It doesn't matter if I'm going to die. And his mom's like, all right. The rest of these child adjacent actors, passable to good. This little bee dingus, yuck city. I hate this kid. This kid is a horrible <laughs> actor. He's a horrible actor. I don't think he was that bad. Oh, he's garbage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I guess I guess you're right that he like what he definitely of all of the child actors. But I also feel like he was the most child. That's true. That's true, too. He's definitely the youngest. Fine. I give him a little bit of a break on that. Moving on. But now Wednesday is chained up in a crypt. Laurel lays out her whole plan like a perfect villain that she is. I'm all for using cool words. But why does she refer to her plan working? She says, you helped put the chubby wheels in motion. What the fuck? Why is she calling the wheels chubby? I've never heard that before. The chubby wheels in motion? Yeah. I don't even remember that one. Why, why does she call them chubby? It's so out of place and weird. How did that not register in my brain? I don't understand. I guess I just like chubs, you know? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Almost killed me. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, she explains that she's collected some body parts to be able to resurrect Crackstone, the guy who was, he's just some old racist pilgrim that <laughs> yep. wanted to kill all the outcasts. <laughs> he apparently was originally killed and sealed in this tomb by Wednesday's ancestor, Goody Adams. Mm -hmm. So these families are intertwined. But Laurel does perform the ritual. Crackstone's resurrected. She had to use some of Wednesday's blood to do it. Okay. So far in the show, the FX have been pretty solid, but this like Zordon from Power Rangers blue lightning bullshit can fuck right off. That looked dumb. The smoke coming out of the, the sarcophagus was cool. Oh, that was cool. But the blue lightning between all the body parts. Yeah, that was a little, a little meh. What am I, I watching? Agree. A 90s cartoon? Get out of here. So he's resurrected. He thinks that Wednesday is goody and just sta fucking stabs her. How do you feel about this guy? I mean, I don't love him. <laughs> He's a, the old racist pilgrim. This crackstone fella looks like if the Quaker Oats guy sat underwater for 100 years and tried <laughs> to hold in a big poop so long that it popped a few veins. <laughs> Go back to bed, buddy. <laughs> you look god awful and bloated. Fucking got him. He's so oh, bloated. Man. Get back in your fucking coffin, Quaker Oats man. <laughs> So, yeah, they they leave to go, you know, purge the world of magic people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wednesday's just left here to die. Yep. Oh, no. But then it turns out the weird necklace thing that she that was given by her mom was not just a necklace. It can also allow communication with spirits. And it also allows spirits to interact with you more so than they would be anybody else. So Goody Adams appears as a ghost and heals Wednesday by sacrificing herself and just absorbing her life force into Wednesday. You talking about this made me just think about this in this moment, and I'm kind of like putting it all together. But do you think that that means that her mom, Morticia, knew, like, knew this whole thing and, and gave her that necklace specifically so that 
Goody could come alive because she had the vision. We know her mom has the visions. Like her mom already envisioned all the shit happening. But her mom has been using it for so long that like maybe she has more control or more. Right. And maybe she saw that. And maybe that's why this was the ninth choice because like she knew it had to happen at this time. Like, hey, we got to get her to the school at this time. Like it, it was all part all of shit. Wednesday's kind of destiny to yeah. defeat this I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not like 100% yeah. sold on it, but I, I think it's it's within the realm of possibility given what we've seen. It is. Okay. Given what we know and everything, it is not impossible. Okay. I would agree with that. The Nightshades, which is the name of Wednesday's little crew that ratted her out before, but now we're back back in the spirit, are going to just whisper at all the students in the school until they leave. Their secret handshake is the two snaps, though, which I did appreciate. Enid goes full werewolf in the woods. That was Love exciting. It. She's very excited about it. She's finally not a werewolf virgin. and. Tyler is in the process of confronting Wednesday, who is uh, making chase for trying to get at Crackstone. Yeah, Enid engages him before he can hurt Wednesday, and and they get in a big fight. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, she ends up kind of kicking his ass. Yeah. Crackstone makes his way to the school. Wednesday finally gets there behind him, confronts him with some cool sword. He's just trying to give him some of that sweet, sweet oatmeal. Everybody eat my yummy oats. (laughs) I've gotten these oats. They've been with me in the water for a hundred years. <laughs> Tyler's dad has arrived. He showed up with his uh, his squad car because all the other squad cars got their tires slashed. Trace my kid app. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. It's literally an app for him to find Tyler, and like at the very top, in like giant bold letters, trace my kid. Part of me immediately thought, like, man, they could have put in some, like, effort into making this look like a real app. But then also I thought, what's an app that my dad would be comfortable using? (laughs) This is, like, literally perfect. Checks out. Yeah, it sounds perfect. It was like an app made by a 60-year-old man. (laughs) But he has tracked him. He has definitely figured out that Tyler is the hide. He tries to shoot him. I mean, I think he does shoot him. Shoot your naked son. You shoot your naked boy. It doesn't seem to hurt him that much, but he was kind of getting the upper hand on Enid, and it kind of turns uh, turns the tide a little, and Enid ends up fucking up Tyler pretty bad. Yeah. Really scratching him up real good. He then he, un- he like, unhides, and now he's just laying n- naked, afraid, and bloody in the woods, and his dad's like, I'll help. I yep. got your bud. Mm-hmm. Xavier tries to shoot Crackstone with a bow back at school. Crackstone can stop the arrow with his mind powers, I guess, and throws it back at him. Wednesday jumps in front of it. I guess this was like a restore Xavier's faith in Wednesday type of scene, but mm-hmm. it felt kind of like unnecessary to me. But uh, but yeah, she and, and Crackstone fight for a while. She ends up winning at the end and stabbing him in the heart to kill him. Laurel shows up after that and is like, hey, like you did a bad job. I, you know, I did a lot of work to resurrect that boy. And she's about to shoot Wednesday with a real gun and eugene shows up and a a swarm of bugs are there too and around her and he gets the the bugs to do nasty stuff to her and she's like oh no and runs away christina getting taken down by some yellow jackets fitting were they even bees i think so they look like flies to me they're they're bees they're bees there were some bees and also some flies okay maybe did you just you completely skipped over the part where Thing was holding Enid's hand as she was recovering from her werewolfdom. That was super That'd be still my heart. That was the best scene. I did skip over that. <sighs> I'm so sorry because it was, it was very good. Like they, they do. And I feel like the old show was good at this too, 
they do such a good job of giving an animated hand emotion personality like you could tell how he's feeling yeah just in like his motions and stuff and when she's coming out of her first wolf thing and he just kind of like runs up and just kind of like holds her hand oh my god it's adorable you also skipped the part where bianca was fighting crackstone i mean bianca showed up to help and he punched her real hard and then that was it he punched her because she's black he's from the 1600s racist pilgrim Yeah, no, that one, been that one had mad. nothing to do with her magic. It was no. like, it, like I just, want, I don't even know if she does magic or not. She's just black. I want to punch her real bad. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that as a pilgrim from the 1600s, it would have made I him extra bad. Surprised if yeah. a pilgrim would see a black person and just be like, "Oh shit!" And a woman, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, she checked all the boxes. <laughs> magic using black woman, Jesus Christ, with weird eyes. I'm surprised yeah. he even looked at Wednesday again. He's just yeah. like after fucking <laughs> Bianca. Uh, now i know who i truly have to destroy <laughs> man dudes from the 1600s the worst oh yeah dude i've met a lot of dudes from the 1600s and they were the worst <laughs> they were like the worst <laughs> enid comes walking out of the woods in kind of just wrapped in her her coat because i would assume that when she wolfed out she also got naked, similar mm-hmm. to tyler and then wednesday comes walking out as well out of the school and everyone's like oh yay she did it and her and enid hug which is kind of a major thing because wednesday doesn't hug i think that she only hugged because of all the blood yeah she's so, like oh yeah give me that <laughs> give me that, blood. that all over me give, give it me to that me blood give me that give blood. Me that blood so much give, give me, me it. Is that tyler's blood it's my favorite kind of blood <laughs> The semester has ended. They canceled classes because, man, this this fucking year was whack. Everyone's headed home. Lurch packs up Wednesday stuff, and she's headed out. She says goodbye to everybody on the way, including Xavier. They have a touching moment. He gives her a phone. He bought her like an $800 phone. Dude's ballin'. She's now in her cool car on her way back to her home for the remainder of, I don't know, the break until the next semester or whatever. She immediately gets some messages, expecting to be Xavier, but is not. It's from an unknown number. There's a few pictures. First is a picture of her and Tyler at the cafe. Next is her and Xavier from like just now when he gave her the phone. Then a text comes through that says, I'm watching you with those emoji eyes. And then it's a gif of a cartoon Wednesday getting stabbed in the head. Oh, boy. Fun. Yeah, what's that? And as her car is driving down the road, it passes a police vehicle that we then see inside of where a chained up Tyler is hulking out and gonna, I guess, try and escape from his binding and scene. The end of episode eight of Wednesday and the season. Interesting way to set us up for season two. Interesting. Is Tyler gonna come back? Did he try and hulk out in there and the change just slit his throat and now he's dead? Hopefully, we'll find out. I like him that much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. find out next time on the Center Cut. <laughs> All right, David, before we get into our questions about the middle, let's do a spooky, spooky Center commercial. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by our patrons. Mm-hmm. They done did the work. They have decided that they're going to support us and they get some extra cool shit for doing it. But most of all, we love them a whole lot. And you can be one of those people too. patreon.com slash the center cut. Join the center cult. Get all kinds of awesome stuff, including center chats uh, every off week of our main episodes and completely brand new center consumed once a month where we go back and watch the middle 
of something that we only watched the ends of before. And because we want you to come on board with our supporters, here we're gonna we're just gonna give you a preview clip of our recently released Center Consumed episode where we went back and watched the middle of The Nightmare Before Christmas. You get a Tim Burton. You get a Tim Burton. You all get a Tim Burton. <laughs> and here is the clip. It's like, come on, man. Everyone else is having a great time on Halloween. Why you got to ruin their holiday? Yeah. Just because you were getting bored of it. Yeah. Jack Skellington is kind of a big-headed, long-legged douche. Like, why does Sally even want to be with him? Like, what does she see in him? I don't know. I guess he's not the, like, literally everyone in this town is just short, dirty, and fat. That's And, like, I guess he's not that. He is tall, dark, and has hands. As dark as a skeleton can be, but, yeah. Well, he wears dark clothes, and he's, like, he's got the dark eyes. He's he does wear looking. black. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, again, that kind of harkens back to why goth girls just fucking love this movie. He's tall, dark, and handsy. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that we, I don't think we... We didn't give enough credit to, and we should have, even though there was more of her in the middle than in the end. But could we stop and talk about Catherine O'Hara's stretch of Christmas-related dominance from like 1990 to 1993? She had the two Home Alones and this. Hashtag legend. No, she crushed it. Dave, doesn't that make you want to be a patron yourself? Like, don't you also want to be a part of the center cult? I mean, we're so cool and so funny and so smart. In that clip, I really understood how funny and cool and smart we are all within that one clip. Patreon.com slash the center cut. Thank you. Do it. We want you to be in our cult. All right, David, we have some questions to help us figure out the middle here. This was a a fun show, but let's see what we know about the part that we didn't watch. Mm. First set of questions Mm. come to us from Reddit and... The first one here is from Vomit-Gold. What do you think happened to Tyler for him to end the series the way he does? So is this asking, like, just how did he go from, like, a nice character in the beginning to an asshole at the end? Yeah, I don't know if it meant that or, like, if they're talking about in the end end where he's in that military vehicle and hulking out. Like, like what happened? He got, ar- he got arrested because his dad is the sheriff and he did a bad job hurting people and killing stuff. Yeah, and I, I guess, like, do you even know Vomit-Gold? I mean, clearly he didn't die, and we already know he turns into Hyde, so I'm, I'm not really sure what the question even means, but I do think that it means the military is going to try to use him as a weapon next season, so there's that. Oh, you think he's just going to get trained and kind of turn into That's why the military is taking him. That's a military vehicle, and they are definitely taking him to be a weapon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we want to make more of these beasts to kill Iraqis. Yep. It- <laughs> Or whatever, or Russians, whatever, whoever we're feuding with. Yeah, just just whoever, really. <laughs> just go out there and kill whoever. We'll be fine with it. As yeah. long as it's not in the United States, like, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as a country, we're basically Joseph Crackstone, so. Yeah, that's fine. No, I think this was more about, like, how did he go from being a nice, uh, kind of decent character in the beginning to a scary, shitty character in the end? And I think there's a part in the middle there where he kind of falls in love with Wednesday, and it's kind of thinking that things are going to turn around more or less like he might rethink the things that he's done and she doesn't really return the sentiment because she doesn't understand how emotions and feelings work so he just like goes full hide and it's just like okay i'm done with i'm done with everything i'm gonna murder everyone i stand by my answer i don't have anything else to add okay cool good talk we both answered different questions there our next set of questions are from v Jinsey V Gink 
I don't know. No clue. Gink, se- gink feels like a, a racial slur to me. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say VGNC. Okay. Who from the show's characters, except Wednesday, have a passion to taxidermy? I think this is Eugene, B-Boy. He's so obsessed with bees that he even sews up their little bodies when they die. And oh, no. that must be hard as shit, though, because they're so small. So you probably had to show him how to use tweezers, you know, because you have to use them all the time. Can you, you know taxidermy a bee? Why not? I mean, I guess. That's, I mean, that's use a microscope and tweezers. To be honest. Why do you think they call him Hummer? <laughs> Stupid. I think this might be Bianca. I think this is the turning point where Bianca and Wednesday go from being enemies to friends. They bond over stuffing animals that have died. I, d- I disagree because I think they're still enemies. Frenemies at best at the end. I do not think they're nah, friends. No, 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 no. I disagree. Okay. Next question from Vagine. Who from the bullies helped Wednesday in her investigation? Are these the bullies that tried to beat her up in the beginning? Or is there a group of people called the bullies? Or are the bullies just a click at the school? I don't know. I'm going to go with the group of, of young pilgrims that tried to beat up Wednesday in the beginning and horribly failed. And I think the short chubby one is the one who ends up helping her. Oh, wow. Okay. When I heard bullies, I thought it meant like the scales group because they were kind of like bullies to wednesday yeah so. like i thought that too but i don't think anywhere in there are they like defined as the bullies so i was just no. i i didn't know what that yeah, meant. that's fine but because of that my answer is bianca bad context barclay avi <laughs> i hated every second of that <laughs> our next question from v Jinsi, why larissa weems secretly hates morticia i think logically she wanted to get finger blasted by Gomi Gomez and like in their childhood years. And he yeah. chose Tish instead of her. Rightfully so. But the real question is, if she could just shape shift into another person like she did in the finale, why couldn't she just turn into Morticia and let Mr. Adams put his extra D in her? That's what I would have done. That's a little weird, though. I mean, honestly. I mean, everything I've ever watched with shapeshifters makes me feel like it takes a decent amount of energy for them to be able to shapeshift and like trying to do that for an extended period of time is difficult. But who knows in this in this world? But I'm completely with you. Why does she secretly hate Morticia? Because she wanted that sweet, sweet GD, you know? Yep. 100%. Lock it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from Snowcats with a Z. Who killed Garrett Gates? So because I think that these families have been intertwined since Crackstone a million years ago, I think that this was actually, Garrett Gates was actually going to school with Gomez and Morticia, and Morticia killed Garrett Gates, I don't know, probably because he's racist against people with magic like every other Gates, but I do think that Gomez took the fall for it. Okay, so I think that this and the next two questions are all kind of wrapped together. Correct. I don't know how or why, but I'm 100% with you. I have almost the same exact answer. I I think we're led to believe that it was Gomez, especially because like we find out he was a murder suspect and all that. Yeah, but I I don't think it was actually him. I think it was actually Morticia, but he covered for her. And that also explains why somebody as attractive as Catherine Zeta-Jones would be. Yeah, that's why she'd be into tonguing down that goofy but hilarious Louis Guzman. It's gratitude. He took the blame for murder. Exactly. Gratitude for the murder cover up. Yep. We're 100% same page. Exactly. So our next question from Roy Gerard Bill Bellevue. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Roy Gerard Bellevue. Why was Wednesday's dad a murder suspect? As covered previously, I, I think he framed 
himself to look like a suspect, but I also don't think anybody ever went down for it, but he at least made it look like it could have been him and not Morticia. Agreed. Yep. I also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but I think that Garrett Gates would have been Laurel's brother. Brother. I yeah. agree with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next set of questions here from Claire 307. Who do you think Laurel Gates is and why was she trying to get revenge? Yeah, so she does mention that she's a descendant of Crackstone, so obviously she's just grown up racist. I also believe that she knows that Morticia and Gomez were ultimately the reason that her brother died, that they had killed her brother in some way. Maybe she doesn't know the exact specifics, but she yeah. knows that they were involved for some reason, and her revenge against not only the Adams family, but also all outcasts in general is because her brother died. Yeah, I, I think this this wraps up the Gates murder question trilogy. And we, we know that Laurel in the finale is Mrs. Thornhill, a.k.a. Christina Ricci. And I, I think she's the sister of Garrett, and she wants to get revenge on his death by killing the main suspect's daughter, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and yeah. wrapping her into a bigger plot to revive her great, 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 great bloated old granddaddy. Did you specifically calculate those grades or did you just go to town? Uh, both. Cool. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Our next question from Claire 307. What is the backstory with Goody Adams? I thought this was all outlined in the finale, but Claire maybe knows something that we don't. So like we know she was the OG Adams. She had mm-hmm. special powers or some shit. And all the pilgrims were like, let's burn her at the stake because we don't understand all this voodoo hoodoo business. Women are supposed to give birth, make me dinner, and shut up. Die, witch lady. Led by Crackstone. Yep, yep. Yeah, so she puts a curse on old ringleader, bloaty McOatmeal pants, and voila, we're in the events of the finale. I think I think I nailed it. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Last question from Claire. Who do you think Wednesday has the best relationship with, platonic or romantic? Eugene. So I think it's partially because they're both Hummers. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid, stupid. I hate it so much. But also, I, I don't know. I think that like he just seems to be a decent human, and she appreciates the fact that he's young and will do whatever she wants, probably. 100% Eugene. I think they bond over taxidermy, and he's a little twerp, so she's not threatened by him at all, and it's just friend zone for life. Yeah, that could be the case for sure. Yep. All right, our next set of questions is from my wife, Emily. She really liked this show. Her first question, what infamous prom horror scene is recreated at the Raven's Dance, and why is Wednesday disappointed by it? The only horror prom scene probably in existence, Emily, Carrie, Mm -hmm. and Wednesday, all deadpan and unblinking, is like, not enough blood. I've seen more platelets on my period. Okay, she doesn't say that. (laughs) Definitely doesn't say that. That's a 100% guarantee. I agree with you. I think it's got to be the scene in Carrie where she gets covered in blood. And I think Wednesday's bummed out because the people who did it were afraid to use real blood. So it's watered down ketchup or some bullshit. And then she's like bummed because it's not real blood. So you think it's the quality of the blood. I think it's the lack of volume of blood. Correct. Okay. But we're very similar. We're Yeah. It's all about that blood. It's all about that blood. You know, it's all about that blood. About that blood. No platelets. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I love that song a lot. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. 
Uh, last question from Emily. What crazy vehicle does Uncle Fester drive? I feel like this has to be a hearse. Unless it's like some absolutely ridiculous car. It's like a big giant rat or something <laughs> absolutely crazy. I feel like a hearse just makes sense. I don't think it could possibly be a hearse because that's what the Adams Mobile already is. So it's just another Kinda. hearse. I, I guess. Yeah, it's just another hearse. I guess you're right. Ashley, if you're listening, block your ears. Are you going to say giant rat? No. Are you going to say Subaru Outback? I'm not. That's what I got. <laughs> Pre-Ashley, I had a one-night stand with this girl. I woke up the next morning because we both had to go to work, and she was in this apartment complex thing. So I didn't know what she was driving until that morning. A wienermobile? And it turned out it was a PT Cruiser. I oh. ghosted her ass so quick. I, yeah. I probably would have went back for a second date if it weren't for that purple monstrosity in the driveway. Those things are the worst. So talk about crazy. That's my answer. It's a purple PT Cruiser. <laughs> and I didn't notice any LGBTQ plus characters in the first or last episode. So I think that they totally made Uncle Fester big and gay. Has to be at least one character representing. And yeah. I think that the PT in PT Cruiser stands for penis toucher, in case you didn't know. So lock it in, baby. It's a purple nope. penis toucher cruiser. Sometimes you go too far. <laughs> Sometimes you just go too far. Was it the LGBTQ character or the penis toucher? No, it was until you specifically said that they absolutely in this show explain that this is a penis toucher cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely absurd, because obviously it wouldn't happen in the show. That would just happen in Michael's fan fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, that's not a terrible answer. Okay. I will say that I think knowing my wife and how much she hates PT Cruisers with a, a burning, burning passion, she would not have used the word crazy. She would have like used the word horrible, like, terrible or horrible or something like that. Well, David, we'll have to find out if we were right about the middle. We shall see. I mean, we certainly weren't right about that last one. If you liked this today and want us to do a season two when it comes out, let us know either on Reddit when we post about this or send us an email at the at gmail.com. Or you could just like review our show on Apple Podcasts and be like, man, that fucking Wednesday episode was good. Yeah. Five stars. We would love that. Thank you. Now, David, before we wrap up Wednesday, I think we need to give it a rating. So it is time for center counts. Center counts. Center counts. No, that it's is not that a clap. Song goes Don't you clap. Okay. It's not claps. It snaps. You okay. son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> the most obvious use of a snap ever in anything ever. Okay. I give this a uh, four out of seven. I think. I actually don't mind it. I I like it quite a bit. We talked about it a little bit, but I I do love Thing a lot. Mm-hmm. They do such a good job of giving him or it so much emotion and so much there's a lot of comedy built into it yeah and i think i think it's well done in the way that it kind of reinvents the characters without it being super repeaty and close to the original it's definitely taking just kind of a different spin on it so i i do like that not taking the same formula from an old thing and just doing the same shit over and over again like you're actually like making a new thing with old ip which is Mm -hmm. an interesting way to do remakes so it was fun to watch i think i enjoyed the episodes that we watched and yeah four out of seven i actually went four out of seven on this as well um i've grown soft i, I went in wanting to hate this thing i had a feeling that this was going to be like one that you were ready to hate and that it would like kind of sneak up on you yeah i very much don't 
hate it. Now, I also don't love it. Uh, the hide in particular makes me want to die. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They could do some work on that. I absolutely abhor how cartoony it looks. But for being teen heavy, the acting isn't horrible. The dialogue isn't half bad. And and outside of the monsters, the, I, I think it looked pretty cool overall. Jenna Ortega is very good. I did like her in this. They cast her very, very well. She is mm-hmm. very good at this. It's Tim Burton. So it has that gothic sheen to it. And, and it's safe, though. Like, he knows his groove, and he lines that sucker up and just puts it right down the middle. That's true. He's never been like, a, like a, oh, I'll try something new. It's just like, I know what I'm good at, and I'm going to fucking do it. Yep. Which I can, I can appreciate. Yeah. And it's still somehow rare to have a singular main character who is a female and a young one at that not on the Disney Channel and, and have her fully drive the plot herself. So I, I think it was cool in that sense, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm whelmed. You know, Lord knows the the world didn't need another retread of an old story or characters like this, but but this wasn't it wasn't heinous. That's the nicest thing I can muster. Well, it wasn't heinous. Cool, good. Don't be heinous. Now, David, we're done with Wednesday for now. What mm. is coming up on the center cut? Coming out January eighteenth is going to be covering a movie that I think we're going to get a lot of shit for for the fact that neither of us have seen it, and it is Shawshank Redemption. We are going to be covering that with comedian Rob Stant, who will be coming on and uh, and spending some time with us talking about Shawshank. I am very excited for that episode, A, because it's one of those movies that I'm always like people listed in their best movies oh, of all time. My God. And B, because we'll never have to fucking take fucking flack for you've never seen Shawshank Redemption. How dare you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Right. And then C, I am very excited to talk with Rob. Rob is a funny guy blowing up on social media, and he also has a podcast too. Two in the stink, uh, so fellow fellow podcaster. So that will be a good time. If people want something in between, yeah. Here's the thing: is that you listened to our center commercial in this episode, and you were like, you know what, guys, you're right, you're right. This is funny stuff. I want it all, and you signed up for the Patreon, and now you're all signed up for the Patreon, which is exciting because you're part of our wonderful center cult. But also, you get access to our next center chat, which is going to be a Wednesday themed chat and it's going to be us us talking about you know which group from Nevermore which main group from Nevermore we would want to be a part of so your your fangs your furs your scales and your stoners yep that's the four yeah. so we're going to decide which one we would want to be a part of and you get to hear that if you're part of our Patreon yep so that will be a good time and we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you giving your time. Uh, I know it's valuable, and there are m- millions of podcasts out there. So thank you for being here with us. Like the space between things, dirty, dirty fingers. It's always better in the center. Mm-hmm.